0: Well, good evening. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but it was hard for me to leave this morning. That was good stuff. I want to... uh, Thank the Lord Jesus, first of all, most of all, endlessly. It's always a privilege to stand anywhere, anytime, and proclaim the name of Jesus. And I just want to say thank you, Lord. I want to thank Brother Shane. This is is the pulpit that the Father has given him control over. And uh, he doesn't have to let me stand here. But he has, and I I thank him. Y'all pray for him to have a relaxing time and a safe trip back. Well, I want to thank Brother Paul for an anointed word this morning. Wow. Wow. Listen, even if you were here this morning... Go back and listen to that again. So it goes without saying, if you weren't here, you need to to get online and find that one. I want to thank you, church, for bearing with me. I've been hanging around here now for over three decades. And uh, I know that it's uh, Jesus is the reason why you've been able to bear with me. And I know that Peggy, is the reason why you're willing to put up with me. And uh, <laughs> Listen, I, it's just a privilege to be here. It really is. As I was uh, asked to be here tonight, I was thinking about prayer. I was thinking about some times in the past years when you could look around this building Before the worship service started, and you would see little pockets of two or three or sometimes five people that would bunch up in the seats. You know, there's always space in here. But they would bunch up close to each other and be praying before the service. And you could look in here 10 or 15 sometimes minutes after this service, and you would see the same thing, little pockets of people in here praying. And I was fondly remembering that. And I prayed for those days to come back. And, uh, you know, when I'm thinking about prayer, my mind goes to the model prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 14. But uh, that's not where we're going tonight. We're going to uh, John chapter 17. We're going to go to the prayer that the Lord prayed if you want to turn in your Bible, we will be in John chapter 17. You know, I think it's really credit to this body of believers that in the model prayer, sometimes I can't get past the first word. Our Father. I praise him all the time that I do not have to do this by myself. I could not do this by myself. I have the Holy Spirit in me, and I have brothers and sisters around me. And guys, I wouldn't even dream of standing up here if I didn't think that you had prayed for me and that the Holy Spirit was going to be in control of what I said. So pray in that direction. If you uh, if you pray, I won't be long or boring, I'm convinced. Let's all stand out of respect for the reading of God's word if we're able. John chapter 17. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may also glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name. Unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them. And have known surely that I came out from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. Let's stop right there. And as you're being seated, let's ask God to bless the reading of his word to the nourishment of our spirit. Father, as always, I come to you desiring to come the way you ask with thanksgiving in my heart and praise on my lips. I thank you, Lord God, for every prayer that has ever been prayed for me. And for every prayer that you've ever put in my heart to pray for anyone. I thank you, Lord God, for the model prayer that your son gave when he walked this earth. And I thank you for his willingness on this occasion that we read about tonight. He allowed his disciples and through your written word allows us To listen in. Heart to heart. Father to son. On behalf of friends. What a savior. Please father hide me behind the cross. Don't let me say anything you don't want said. Don't, please, Lord, let me leave out anything you do want said. This is your time. Have your will and your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, I actually can recall... I can think of his name right now, and I won't say it. Someone said to me that Matthew chapter 6 prohibits, completely prohibits public prayer. But uh, Jesus prayed in public, and he did it to glorify the Father. That's what he says right here. Glorify thy son, that thy son may glorify thee. You know, 120 of his followers prayed together and the Holy Ghost fell. I don't expect there were 120 closets in that room. Yes, we need to go to the prayer closet. Yes, a love relationship is absolutely born and cultivated, and kept by alone time with the one you love. But I thank God that Jesus prayed this prayer in public. I think that's why he lifted his eyes. I think he wanted to let the disciples know what was about to happen, what they were about to hear, who he was talking to. I think that's why he looked toward heaven. You know, he did that in uh, John chapter 11. If you want to turn over there. I'm just going to read a little bit of that. John chapter 11. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said. Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. There is a place for public prayer, guys. There is absolutely a place for public prayer. Jesus allowed his disciples. Disciples that knew that he got up early in the morning and he went off by himself to pray. Disciples that knew, he said, when you pray, don't do it to get attention. Go into your prayer closet. But he also knew that they needed to see and hear his heart. They needed to be encouraged. No telling how much somebody could be encouraged by being able to hear what your heart is for them in prayer. When somebody asks you to pray, pray right then. Let them hear what the Lord has put in your heart on behalf of what they're requesting. Let them be encouraged by that. Jesus raised his eyes. And in. John chapter 11. He thanked God. And guys we need to be thanking God. Most vile. List of wickedness. That you ever want to read about in your life. You can read about it in Romans chapter 1. And it starts with being unthankful. And if Jesus himself. Needed to be thankful. Then how much more thankful do we need to be? And here in this prayer. Jesus let his disciples know. Exactly. What he was all about. That's what we're going to see in these few verses. And what he was about, guys, was about glorifying the Father. And what we need to be about, guys, is about glorifying him. Jesus raised his eyes. In Luke 18, if you want to go there, I'm going to read a little bit of that. Luke chapter 18. I'm going to start in verse 10. Some commentaries say that raising your eyes to heaven might have just been a common posture for prayer back back in Jesus' day. And it kind of makes sense. The Jews always were a proud bunch. But I tell you this. Jesus is worthy. He's worthy to raise his head. We're going to read about a guy that didn't think he was. Luke chapter 18, verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And the publican standing far off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This is Jesus speaking what I'm reading to you. And he said this. I tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. I think this is where the posture that we take these days when we pray comes from. We bow to pray. And Jesus is worthy of us to bow at his feet. Brother Paul said this morning, everybody's going to bow at his feet. Whether they do it willingly, they're going to do it. I want to do it willingly. I want to do it humbly right now. Jesus is worthy to stand Jesus is worthy to look up. Jesus is worthy to sit right down beside the Father at his right hand. Guys, that's what the Father sees when he looks at us. He sees Jesus. We don't feel worthy. I don't stand and pray looking up unless I'm praising God and just am in awe of him and his creation. I bow when I pray. I think the posture is unimportant unless it represents the heart. Because that's where Jesus looks. He doesn't look at our stature. He doesn't look anywhere except at our heart, at our motive. I hope that's why our prayer posture these days is, is bowing is being humble no substitute for a long time with jesus i absolutely love the model prayer i love that first word our and that i don't have to do this by myself i love that next word father and everything that a father represents Unconditional love, provision, protection, you could just go on and on and on. But in this prayer, we get to see God. We get to hear God's prayer. That's just a it's awesome. It is no telling or how much you can encourage somebody by allowing them to hear your heart in prayer on sunday mornings there's a group of men that comes in here and prays and we from time to time invite other men to come and join us and, and men you're welcome to come we come in time to start praying around 8 45 or 9 o'clock and pray until time to go to sunday school we get here earlier than that and drink coffee and and share the week that we've had with each other and men you're welcome to come but i'm going to tell you something we don't we don't go to men who have little children that they need to be helping their wife get ready to come to sunday school and ask them to come and join that group and Sunday morning is not the only time that you can get together with brothers and sisters and have a time of prayer. Y'all could do that in any group that you choose, anywhere that you choose. But we need to hear each other's hearts, guys. We need to hear each other's hearts. This needs to be a praying church. Jesus was very zealous. For what he knew the Father wanted when he ran the thieves out of the temple and said, This is a house of prayer. This is a house of prayer. No performance is ever going to outshine the preparation. And the way that we prepare for the work is prayer. And guys, the work that Jesus is preparing for here is the cross this is that point that he's been talking about when he said the hour how many times did he say the hour he's talking about it's time to do what i came to do the time of teaching the time of public ministry the time of like brother paul preached this morning making sure that people understand all those prophecies were about him with this prayer that time is over really over in john chapter 12 it's moving in that direction pretty rapidly in john chapter 12 if you want to turn over there there were some greeks that wanted to see jesus And when Philip and Andrew told Jesus that, in verse 23, Jesus answered them. The hour is come, the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He went on to say, he that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause, I am come to this hour. We, the disciples, face to face, in person, standing right there with God himself. We, through the scripture, get to see and hear where it all comes down to. Like Brother Paul said this morning, Jesus has been ready since he was 12. And now since he's 30, he's been doing it. He's been doing everything he could possibly do to say, yes, I'm the one. And now it's time to do what he came to do. Guys, guys, The hour has come, he said. And then he said, glorify thy son, that thy son may glorify thee. Glorify thy son, that thy son may glorify thee. I've been standing here talking about being an encouragement to each other by letting each other hear our hearts in prayer. Guys, if our motive is any inkling of what Christ's motive was here, he's going to be glorified. God will be glorified. He'll be honored. He'll be exalted. Is the primary desire of my prayer life to glorify God? See, guys, I'm not a preacher. All I can do is read the word And come out here and ask you the questions that God asked me when I read the word. And that's the question that was clearly asked me as I was reading this word. Is the primary desire of my prayer life to glorify God? Clearly here in verse 1, that is the primary desire of Jesus. Clearly throughout his public life. The primary desire of Jesus Christ's life was to glorify the Father. Is that our desire? As we don't pray to get God to do something for us, we pray to prepare to do something for him. No performance will ever outshine the preparation. That's one of the proverbs that I send to Katie Bell. No performance will ever outshine the preparation. What's Jesus preparing for? He's preparing to go to the cross. Jesus went to the cross. How far will I go to glorify God? Another one of the questions as I was reading this passage of Scripture... That the Holy Spirit asked me, how far am I willing to go to glorify God? Fact. Jesus Christ died for me. Question. Will I return the favor? The hour has come. He's on his way to the cross. Let's look at verse 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Authority over all humanity. Guys, that's exactly what Brother Paul stood up here and preached this morning. Jesus is Lord. No matter how bad things look, remember who's in control. Or as brother Paul put it, Jesus is Lord. Christ is in charge. He is in control. Romans 13.1 says there's no power but God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Colossians 1.15 says he is the image of the invisible God. Turn over to Hebrews. And let's read the first three verses of that. Hebrews chapter 1. God, who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Guys, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, he was all about the Father. We need to be all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Do I let my inability to be in control, do I let the fact that things look out of control, cause me excessive worry, anxiety, stress, or distraction? These are just questions, guys, that that the Holy Spirit asks me when I'm reading the Word of God. And all I can do is just come up here and ask you these questions. Do I let my inability to be in control? Distract me. You know, another little proverb that I give Katie Bell. The very last tool on Satan's belt. If he can't get you to not do the right thing. If he can't convince you not to do what you know is right, the last tool on his belt, he will distract you until it's too late to do it with any decent effect. Jesus is Lord. is how Paul put it this morning. He's in control. I'm not in control. Isn't that what turning our lives over to him, being saved is all about just turning loose of control and giving control to Him? Do I let my inability to be in control or the fact that things look out of control cause me excessive stress and distraction? Or do I glorify God by surrendering control to Him and acknowledging that He is in total and complete And eternal control of everything. Or as brother Paul put it. Jesus is Lord. I need to just. Acknowledge that he's in control and thank him and praise him. That he has the power and the authority. To work it all together for our good. As my son said to me today, it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's him, guys, it's not us. And when Jesus was here, it was a father. All the time it was the father, it was the father. The whole purpose of the Son of Man, the life that he lived here, was the father. Glorify the father. And what happens? The Father glorifies Him. And He gives us to Him. And we get to glorify the Son. Matthew 28, 18. All power is given unto me, Jesus said. And here in this verse, we are given to Christ. As many as thou hast given me, When I read that, I was added to his reward. I am part of the bride of Christ. Wow. What a privilege and what a responsibility it brings. My son has a responsibility as a Phipps to conduct himself as a Phipps so that the Phipps family name has a good name. And that doesn't even scratch the surface of what I owe Jesus. It's not even a good example. I don't know, guys, I can't see that clock, As my son always says, all the time belongs to Jesus. He's Lord of the clock. Verse 3. Here it is, guys. This is it right here. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. This is not just a duration thing, guys. We don't even have a clue what eternity is. I can't remember part of the 62 years I've been on this planet. Granted, there's some of it I don't want to remember. But some of it took place before I was old enough to have a memory. 62 little measly years. I don't know what eternity is. This is not about duration. This is a quality of life that comes from being in a love relationship with the God of this universe. That's what eternal life is. To know is to be in relationship with. I don't know how many times some of you may have Be here that have never heard me say this, but some of you have heard me say this a lot. To know in Scripture is relationship. Adam knew Eve and she bore Cain. That's physical intimacy. Over in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Wasn't I good, little religious boy? Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. I was never intimate with you. Guys, that's eternal life. It's not religion. It's not even having close friends that you hang out with at church. It's a relationship with the God that created us. Do I have intimate relationship with God? Do I know... The God that I've never seen. Do I know. The God that I've never seen. Because I've seen Christ in scripture. And I know that I'm in Christ. Did I today. Reflect well to those that I came in contact with Jesus Christ the image of the true God the one that we can look at and say that's the character of God right there Jesus Christ that's what God looks like did I reflect that well to those that came in contact with today did I share the gospel these are questions that the Holy Spirit asked me when I'm reading the scripture. Do I know that I know him? Do others know that I know him? Do others know within a very few seconds, few seconds, or a minute or so, of the very first time they meet me, do they know that guy is a professing Christian. I hope so. I hope I never go stand beside somebody at a gas pump without telling them not to leave earth without Jesus. I hope I never go through a grocery line or a line at a store and somebody asks me how I'm doing that I don't mention Jesus or I ask them how they're doing And when they say good, tell me how'd you get good? I want to be good. And bring it right around to the fact that Jesus is the only way to be good. Think about Deuteronomy chapter 6. Do people know that you belong to Jesus? Everybody that Jesus Christ came in contact with knew that he claimed To be the very son of God. How many times did he say I am? The seven I am statements in this book. I want people to know who I belong to. And that puts pressure on me, guys, to represent him well. And I fail him so often. I fail him so often. If you're going to have a bumper sticker on your car, live it. If you're going to put a five-foot aluminum cross in your front yard, live it. God help me live it. Do I lead the way in praising God? It's just a question that came to my mind as I was reading this scripture. That's what Jesus is doing. You you keep reading this, that's what he's doing. He's leading the way. He's teaching us to praise God. That's the work he's been doing right up until the hour when he's going to do the work that he came here to do. Verse 4, I've glorified thee on the earth, I've finished the work. I think that clock is getting close to 7. So maybe I'll just finish here with the word finish. Have I left anything that I know God has called me to do undone? Have I failed to complete something that he's called me to do? Have I failed to do what the word clearly says that if i'm his child i'm supposed to be doing have i finished the specific things that for me specifically the holy spirit has made it clear that i need to be doing am i failing to continue to do stuff that i started out Am I doing the things that I know clearly from Scripture a child of God does? Listen, guys, I'm, I'm saying this often as well. You haven't been around here long if you haven't heard me say this. When I've done all that I can for Christ. When I've done all that I can for the kingdom of God on this earth. When I've done everything for Peggy that I can possibly do i've done everything for joey that i can do and everything for katie bell that i can do and everything for this church that i can do and for the people in my circle of influence i want to see jesus i want the rest of this prayer go and read it on your own am i revealing god's reputation and character in the way to live Am I keeping his word and his commandments? Verse six. Am I really all about glorifying him? Verse seven. Thou art worthy, O God, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are were created. And then we come invitation time y'all come home have you believed have you received are you one with him do you know that you know how have these questions hit you We're all family here, it looks like. Might be one or two that aren't regularly here. This is the time. If you need prayer. To come and we'll pray for you. This is the time. If you need to pray about a question that you've been asked tonight by the Holy Spirit, you don't have to worry about the ones I ask you. That's the ones he asked me. The altars open what can wash away my sin but the blood of Jesus. Thank y'all for coming. Have a blessed week. Shine. Shine. Get alone in your prayer closet and polish up so that you shine. And as Peggy just said, make them wonder what you got. Make them wish that they were not on the outside looking for it. Shine. Father, for the sake of your name and your kingdom, for the sake of your love and your mercy and your grace, go before us, go with us, fill us. Keep us safe as we go. Keep our equipment we travel in working well. Keep us mindful of those that need to be encouraged by hearing us pray. Keep us close to you by our private prayers. Be God in every situation. You, Lord Jesus Christ, are in total control. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God in his holy name. Amen.